Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hi, I'm Dan Day. Here is some of that best audio that's been played over the past 24 hours. I have not seen, since con- since talking about that, a level of connected enthusiasm that I just saw from the shipping container talking about Space Jam and a theory that Bill, because Billy, in watching this documentary, Billy has learned a couple of things that have made him revisit Space Jam and And so the smiles that came across the face here as Billy offered, what's the theory for the audience that you have, Billy? Ooh, it's going to be fun to get into that topic with the Dan Lebitard Show in just a little while. And then also going to check in with Hawk Crowder. There is some really weird stuff going on with Tua and the Dolphins and prop bets. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Wetting your appetite? Got even more on the smorgasbord. In about three minutes, Joe Rose Show talking to NFL Draft guru Kyle Krabs. But right now, let's get into some headlines. Nick Saban says teams that pass on Tua will regret it like the Dolphins did when they passed on Breeze. Sources are reporting Miami will take either Tangabaloa or an offensive lineman with the fifth overall pick Thursday. Tyler Hero says he only needs one workout to get his shooting stroke and game legs back. The NBA season remains suspended indefinitely. The FHSAA has officially canceled all spring sports. Tom Brady was spotted working out at a closed Tampa area park. Brady was not arrested or fined. Rather, he was told to leave the park. Hey, beat it! Most Major League Baseball teams plan to pay their staff full salaries at least through May. And now, we step into the day spa. An Australian family recently won a $400,000 lottery jackpot by playing the same numbers it has been playing for the past 20 years. Somewhere my mom is saying, see, that's why you have to play every week. With more people spending time with their dogs due to lockdown, animal psychiatrists warn that your pooch could suffer from separation anxiety when things return to normal. Your cat, on the other hand... They'll be so happy that you're gone. A Texas ER doctor is self-isolating in his children's treehouse. Man, I bet his kids are praying he does not stumble upon their hidden stash of porn. An Ohio man recently pulled a gun on the Easter Bunny. Next, he'll take a swing at the Tooth Fairy. Now on to weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast, cloudy. Temperatures around 
680. Let's get into some of that Joe Rose show. Mornings, 6 to 10. Once again, maybe you're not waking up as early as you usually do to hear the show. That's why I got you covered. That's why I've also got the podcast. Remember, you can download the podcast for this show, Joe Rose Show, any of the shows you hear on this radio station at our website, wqam.com, the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcast. Here, Joe Rose, Zach Krantz, dive into it with NFL guru Kyle Krabs. What are they talking about? Well, what will the Dolphins do? And what will Detroit do? Hmm, wild card right there. Could Jordan Love end up in the 305? Also, they look into the tackle class, a running back at number 39, and local guys in the draft. Senior NFL draft analyst for the Draft Network and lead editor of the Dolphins Wire. He is our draft expert coming on this morning. Kyle, good morning. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Good morning, guys. Happy, uh, I guess, Draft Eve Eve. I know it's been a long <laughs> couple weeks for everybody, so I'm excited to get rolling here. I think we're all starting to feel that way. With nothing going on right now, and this thing's going to be a monster Thursday night. I, I want to just ask you, I know everybody talks about the, the three-pick with Detroit and what they might do, but really the five-pick, knowing the Dolphins really want to get a quarterback. What, what's your thoughts? And everybody's been all over the board on what the Dolphins are going to do. I mean, literally, if you look at everybody in the business, they they pretty much got the Dolphins taken to a some of them have them taken love, and some of them haven't taken Herbert. What, what do you think will happen? You have to say this for Chris Greer and Brian Flores and company. They have done a masterful job of keeping everybody on their toes and guessing what their true intentions are. Ultimately, whoever they end up deciding is the best fit for their team. I think they'd, of course, prefer to stay put it at five, although now you're, you're even hearing rumors and whispers that they might take an offensive tackle at five and then try and move up from 18, and that's a, another fascinating subplot. I think there's been enough tie to Tua, and there's enough motivations for them to have put out interest in other quarterbacks to keep a team from Detroit or uh, from leveraging that number three pick into a trade or a team like the Chargers immediately behind them at six, kind of forcing their hand to move up and trade. I think the, the whole objective here is they know who they want. It's just let's make sure we don't get boxed into a corner where we have to trade up to get him. I think it's Tua with my gut. Yeah, I do too. Matter of fact, uh, these two guys I, I work with want Tua since day one, even with the bad hip. And I, I worry about his durability like uh, a lot of people do, but I, I just can't imagine if the doctors sign off on this that they don't take two. I just think they're in a situation desperate. He doesn't have to come in and play right away because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. It just sounds like with all the stuff that's out there and the wind's blowing in 19,000 different ways, it looks like it's going to be Tua. How do you feel about Herbert, by the way? I'm pretty comfortable with him for what he is. Uh, I I think any of these top three quarterbacks that are in play for Miami, there's little stylistic differences where I do think Justin is a better quarterback than what he had the chance to show a lot of the times in 2019 because that offense was so predicated on a lot of screen game and and quick bubbles and you go back and you watch some of his prior tape 2018 in particular which I was watching last night trying to get myself ready for whoever Miami commits to and and you saw a little bit more of the anticipation flash down the field and and layered reads uh, deeper down the field which is where he wins I think it's interesting with Chan Gailey you know, coming in being the offensive coordinator for Miami. They're probably going to build their offense around power run game downhill. They're going to run 
horizontal spacing. They're going to stretch the field, and you're going to pack in those play-action passes in there with the run-heavy offense. And, and Herbert has the ability to execute that offense. So I think you can win with him, but it's kind of the lesson the Dolphins didn't learn from Ryan Tannehill is don't try and make him something that he's not. Don't ask him to throw the ball 35, 40 times every single game, which is what Joe Philbin did for I think it was like 80, 85% of Ryan Tannehill's games that he would played under Joe Philbin. So you're going to have to run the ball a little bit more in order to feel comfortable with winning long-term with Justin Herbert. All right, Kyle, the third name that we've been talking about, obviously Jordan Love. If for some reason that fifth pick comes off the board and it is an offensive tackle, if that's where they go there, obviously I'm guessing at that point they're hoping Tua drops and they can get him or Jordan Love might be the guy there at 18 unless they move up. What do you think about Jordan Love if he ends up being the Dolphins quarterback in Chan Gailey's offense? The interesting bit of Jordan Love is this coaching staff has talked about play development ever since they came in last year and you saw some of the fruits of that labor throughout the course of the start of the 2019 season to the end of the 2019 season jordan love would be the one that if you wanted to bet on your ability to develop him his ceiling's probably the highest as far as his raw arm talent his athletic ability and he wins a lot outside of structure which is something the dolphins really haven't seen a lot of at quarterback up until Some of the plays Ryan Fitzpatrick made this past year where he's got the ability to get outside the pocket. He's almost better when he's not trying to process the reads as timely as he needs to. And he's just able to to make a play and let it happen. So if you feel like you can get him to work better within your structure, Jordan Love has really enticing traits. He's just going to be the highest variance and, and in my opinion, the biggest boom or bust factor of these three guys we're talking about. You, you talked about it, and it's no secret to anybody. Not even the Miami Dolphins can hide it as well as they've been hiding everything so far. They need some offensive linemen, especially tackles. How do you feel about this tackle class? I, I, I know some have said, like you just said, we heard it a lot yesterday and day before. Hey, don't be surprised if Dolphins take a tackle with one uh, with their number one pick definitely within their top two picks is it deep to you this group or do you have a couple of guys that stand out yeah I think it I think it's definitely a deep group but I think if you consider uh, what Miami lacked last year what you know historically Chan Gailey's offenses have looked for they like guys that are really capable of resetting the line of scrimmage and the offensive tackles specifically left tackle, is, is a spot that doesn't have that. So if they want to play well-rounded complementary football, I think guys like Andrew Thomas from Georgia and Mekhi Becton make the most sense. Of course, if they end up drafting Tua, if that's their plan, Jedrick Wills from Alabama, who in my for my money is the best pass protector of this year's offensive tackles, uh, would make some sense as well. I think it's deep. I think there is a significant drop-off after the first four. I mentioned three of them, and then I was Tristan Orfs, who has right tackle, left tackle ability, played a little bit of left tackle on a spot start uh, for Iowa this past year. And I know some some NFL teams and, and one of our scouts at the Draft Network, Dre Harris, uh, seven years for the Chiefs, uh, thinks he'd probably be better at guard. So you're going to have some variance for all four right. of these top names. But I do think there is a significant drop-off after the top four. But if you get Josh Jones, uh, the Houston tackle, you, you could do a lot worse with a, a mid to late first-round pick. Would you take the running back? Zach and I talk a lot. We need a running back, too. By the way, you've been through this, so you're, you're aware of all the things the Dolphins do need, and there's a bunch. <laughs> Would you take a running back in the second round, or is there one guy you go, you know what, if we got to pick late in the first round, Let's grab a running back, or would you wait? What would you do? I would wait for the positional value component of it, but at the same time, if you've got three first-round picks, it's a lot easier pill to swallow to say, okay, you know, third, 
third first-round pick, we'll go ahead and take a running back because we really want to upgrade the running game. I don't think there's a significant drop-off from whoever running back four is for the Dolphins versus whoever running back one is for the Dolphins. And throughout the course of this entire winter, you do mock drafts and you sit down, and, and I have a really hard time outside of Miami finding a team that would logically take a running back in the first year of this year's NFL draft. So if I operate under that knowledge, knowing I'm picking again at 39, and you might get out of the first round without a running back altogether just based on the league's trends and valuation of the position, I I would prefer to wait till 39 and, and try and get whether it's a free safety or another offensive lineman, either a tackle or an interior guy there at 26. Damn, Kyle, I like your game plan, man. I was already thinking about a center or guard with that third pick in the, in the first round and then at 39. Mm-hmm. There's going to be there probably majority of those running backs still going to be there. Maybe one or two are gone, and they're all big-name guys. A lot of those running backs, I feel like Zach and I talk about this all the time, I feel like we saw them in, in all the big college football games, uh, whether it was Ohio State or whether it was LSU I mean, or, or, or Wisconsin. So, so you can get it's just whatever your flavor of style of running back, but there looks like there's four or five, six guys that that could fit in thirty nine pretty well, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And even if you get outside of that, I th- I think Jonathan Taylor, ironically, is probably the best raw runner of the group. But the Dolphins bringing in Jordan Howard almost makes him a redundant skill set versus what you have in Jordan Howard. I'd love to see him get. You know, you mentioned LSU with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, big passing game contributor, probably the best pass catching back in this year's class, J.K. Dobbins. DeAndre Swift, I know, has been tied to the Dolphins going back to you know the, the early January mock drafts from NFL Network had Miami picking Swift at 18 at times. But it's, it's just, I think the depth of the position, the valuation across the league, and the, the resistance to pay these guys big second contracts, it makes them a, a four- to five-year investment. That knocks down their value a little bit. So, yeah, you get to 39, you, you could feasibly see all but one one or two of the top running backs. And if you're getting RB3 and it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you got to steal at 39 based on what he's going to bring to the table for your team. Now, obviously, that would be a perfect kind of scenario for the Dolphins there. What, what I'm most afraid of is if they go with a quarterback at five, and, and I try to assess this, uh, to, to talk to Joe about this and, and try to compare it to fantasy football, when you have a fantasy football draft and the first tight end comes off the board, all of a sudden there's a run of three or four tight ends because everybody gets scared. So if the Dolphins, let's say, take two at five, and then all of a sudden seven, eight, and nine are those those top offensive tackles, are the Dolphins going to have to trade back in, you think, to the top 13 or 12 to get one of those guys? Or are you okay taking, like you said, one of those other guys and waiting at 18, even if it's kind of a second-tier offensive lineman? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting numbers game, and and you don't want to box yourself in and, and tell yourself we have to get X, Y, or Z because that's when you're going to get put through the ringer and overpay in a trade. I think we do. We, the Dolphins just need to have the perspective and the understanding and realization that you know they've talked about building a long-term winner. Building a long-term winner comes from not making that knee-jerk reaction and getting fleeced. So either you, you find a value that you like to get up in front of, presumably Tampa Bay is also a team that's going to need a, an offensive tackle. So you could see uh, six to Chargers, seven to Panthers, eight to Cardinals, uh, Jets at 11, eight, and Tampa Bay at 14. There's five teams that realistically could go offensive tackle. If you play the numbers game, you probably – We'll get OT5 on the board for you at 18, but if you want one of those big four guys, then yeah, you got to find a trade partner that makes sense 
or else you got to be willing to say, okay, let's upgrade this in some other way, shape, or form. Uh, whether, like Joe mentioned, it might be an interior guy. Cesar Ruiz from Michigan is an absolute stud. I think he's a plug-and-play at guard or tackle. I just don't think they can box themselves in. Kyle, we've never had this this many picks. We're not sure how to act. You know how you're when you're a little kid, your parents took you and said you get a piece of candy, and there's candy everywhere. You're not sure what the hell to do, and you're just all excited and stuff trying to figure it out. Hey, real quickly, Kyle, can I hit you with a couple local guys here in South Florida and get your thoughts? Uh, we always have a lot of first-round picks down here, as you know, and high school football is huge down here in South Florida. C.J. Henderson, first-rounder? Yes, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the top ten. Jerry Judy? Alabama, how high does he go? Probably lock top, lock top twenty. Realistically, lock top fifteen. You think about there's a three pick stretch there with the Jets, Raiders, and Forty ers at eleven through thirteen. We could see each of those big three receivers go, and then Denver again at fifteen. All right, and the third guy, really like him a lot. I hope the Dolphins take a look at this. Zach Moss, running back out of Utah. What do you yeah, think of uh, Zach Moss? Fun. Yeah, he's he's one of those second tier running backs that you know might end up sneaking around at pick seventy. That'll be the problem for the Dolphins looking into him is they've got that big void right now from seventy to one forty one. But if Moss is there, if they choose to to not value the running back position super high, Zach Moss is there at seventy. I don't think the drop off is super steep. Uh, from some of these tier one guys to what he can bring to the table. He's a nice home run hitter, and he's dense, and he really hits you in between the tackles. Real quickly, too, I've been dying to ask him. Jacksonville, like every veteran and free agent and rookie draft pick once out of Jacksonville, does it look as dysfunctional to me? Does it feel that way to you as well? Uh, it's a little better now that Tom Coughlin's out of the building. I know he was a real sore spot for a lot of the young, talented players on that team with his abrasive leadership style, but it's probably done a lot of damage, and that's why I was surprised Jacksonville, uh, when they let Tom Coughlin go, they elected to keep Doug Marone, and they elected to keep Dave Caldwell because there has been damage done to that front office, to the players. Uh, so you're seeing the after effects of that there now, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I just looks to me like Ngakwe and Fournette are both gonna. There's a good chance they both could yeah. be gone at this point, huh? Doesn't look good. No, I think it, the question for Ngakwe is he's kind of in the Davion Clowney situation last year. Can you get a good value for him uh, relative to what he's worth with his play on the field? And Fournette, I mean, it, it, you're talking about a two year investment with twelve million dollars in cash over two years with the wear and tear that he already has on his body, it's going to be hard to, to get a God. team to call up a premium pick to get him. Kyle, this has been awesome, man. Really appreciate yeah. you coming on. We don't get this this early in the morning. I don't know what's going on with you, Kyle, but this is great, man. Great having you here in South oh, Florida. Thank you. Season. Yeah, Rick, great to be on with you guys. Big uh, big fan of you guys. and I've followed the Dolphins for, for quite a while, so good to chat with you guys. And Anytime we, you guys want to talk ball, just let me know. Thanks, love Kyle. Love great. We'll have you on next week. We'd love to have you after the draft and get your thoughts on everything. Thank you so much. Awesome. Early on this week, it's build up to the draft and a little bit of Gronkowski being traded to the Bucks, And then the end of the week, weekend, all next week, either exultation of how great of a draft the Dolphins have or disappointment in how much we believe they fumbled on the draft. Woo! Exciting times. And can get exciting next with the Dan Lebetard Show in about five minutes from now. They're talking Space Jam. This is the Best of the Joe Show. 
The best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. It happens to be Queen Elizabeth II's 94th birthday, so I figured why not play some Sex Pistols? God save the Queen. Ah, such a loving song from the Sex Pistols. Gotta like you some punk rock. Whether it's Sex Pistols, the Ramones, the Coat Hangers, the Dead Boys, the Clash. The list goes on and on and on. Punk rock for life. Punk rock for life. Love it. Dan Lebetard, I could see him punk rocked out. Take off the Miami hat, throw on some punk rock, safety pins, all that good stuff. And him Stugats in the background just go, ah, 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 ah. So what we'll do right now is we'll check in with the Dan Levitard Show. They have got a Space Jam conspiracy. Plus, maybe there's two episodes of The Last Dance. You can go ahead and skip. So, Stugatz, we've talked before about the idea that for whatever the reason is, we haven't been able to figure it out, but there is one one singular chord that unites all of us of a certain age who care about sports, and it is 1990s baseball. We don't know why that happened, how it happened. We've all agreed, though, that it has, has happened. I have not seen, since con- since talking about that, a level of connected enthusiasm that I just saw from the shipping container talking about Space Jam and a theory that Billy, because Billy, in watching this documentary, Billy has learned a couple of things that have made him revisit Space Jam. And so the smiles that came across the face here as Billy offered, what's the theory for the audience that you have, Billy? The night that the the last dance aired, we were all watching it. I was learning who Jerry Cross was. So I'm going to be honest with you. I was a kid. I had no idea who Jerry Cross was at the time. And I watched Space Jam and I was just like, okay, this is like some famous basketball players and cartoons, right? And then I saw on Twitter, I don't remember who it was, but if you're the person person who I saw, here's your credit for it. Someone put out this theory that the villain, Mr. Swackhammer, in Space Jam is really Jerry Krause, which, I mean... They both are kind of short and portly, let's say. So, like, I'm wondering if this is something that other people think as well or if it was just the one person that I saw on Twitter because it seems like it could make sense. But, like, how did no one talk about this for the, what, 14, no, 24 years since Space Jam's been out? Chris, do you have anything here? I mean, he's totally right. The only thing that – was Kraus a cigar smoker? Because that character in Space Jam was a big cigar smoker. So we need to get to the bottom of whether Kraus was a – cigar smoker because i'm with billy it's the same guy roy is this dawning on you now for the first time as well i see a big grin on your face for some reason uh, roy has been dying for a decade to talk about space jam and i never knew it oh this is absolutely the same guy it's not fair it's absolutely not fair what an insult i think it's insulting it's kind of like michael jordan with the short jokes in uh, the last dance it's kind of insulting to the guy uh, yes, it is kind of mean, but I thought we all agreed. I thought we all had a consensus that it was okay to be mean because he's Michael Jordan and all behavior is allowed because he won six championships. No, I thought we agreed on that. Is it that, like, like this documentary is going to be beloved even if it's, uh, even if there is fair criticism to be made of it. No one's going to criticize this documentary. I yesterday felt like I was in a pit of snakes with you guys because I merely deigned to blaspheme by saying, by joking for two segments, hey, maybe we won't talk 
talk about this. And you guys wanted to bite my face off because I'd come close to saying a thing about your film that was less than positive. I noticed the remedial comments were missing today when the director was on also, Dan. Uh-huh. Um, oh, well, I would like to talk to him again. You want to get him back tomorrow? Because I want to talk to him about how it is that the first two episodes uh, were a little bit uh, a little bit slower than uh, than the others in the doc. I mean, I mean, he very clearly needs to worry about episode eight, just given our last conversation. You want to invite him on to tell him how slow the first two episodes yeah, were well, of a well, documentary that, well, that because, had 6.1 million this, viewers? No, I mean. because this is what happened. Yes, Stugatz, this is what happened. Because what Billy just did to me, we were totally out of time with that documentarian. That's why we did the single worst segment we've ever done. 80 seconds of just Cody being terrible. It's the shortest segment we've ever done because we went too long with the director. I had that question lined up and we could not get to it. It was my last question. I was going to say it to him billy and now you bring it back what an hour and a half later uselessly so the pitch would be hey jason thank you for joining us today <laughs> things went well can you come back tomorrow because dan ran out of time to insult you that's right yes if you could just put in that request i would appreciate it that is right because i told you guys that those two episodes are going to be slower than the others because of the reasons we discussed yesterday which is they need a whole lot of people who are watching this for the first time as teenagers it's sort of like what football is doing Stugatz by putting one of its playoff games on Nickelodeon like you're 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 doing that specifically because all these kids who are hearing about brain damage and violence and everything else they get a playoff game on Nickelodeon we can brainwash the next uh, group of uh, football fans into thinking it's not violent and unethical it was necessary because young people both in the United States and afar they needed to know who Michael Jordan was to see Michael Jordan on the court it was necessary and again I'll remind you 6.1 million people enjoyed those slow, boring first two episodes. I didn't say, I, I didn't say boring. I just said less strong than the other okay. ones. I wasn't, and then I, then all of a sudden I've, I've got a torch with flames on it to keep you snakes away because that's, that's what I didn't say they were bad. I didn't say anything other than they're slightly less good than the rest of a documentary that's pretty good. But I want to get into this thing we were talking about with Greg Cody because I was surprised earlier by Greg's passion on the subject of this documentary because we're cruel around here though and to punish him for not doing a back in my day today and just generally being terrible uh we walked him up to a hard network out right on the cusp of it and he got three syllables in and then we were roaring with laughter on the zoom here because he went for a full passionate two minutes uh just talking about how much he loved this documentary and the reason that he loved this documentary and i feel remiss to guys i feel genuine uh i'm always a apologizing to Cody around here after one of these Tuesdays because he doesn't actually get to get to some of his thoughts. So we got the private show. We actually heard the the two minutes, and you think it was good enough that the audience deserves to hear it, and Greg deserves to tell it to the audience. It was good. It was good, and and he is uh, someone who crafted. It's the only effort that he put in today's show, and we just spent the entire time laughing at him, you know, uh, because we caught him on the hard network out instead of entertaining his thoughts that were thoughtful as a lifetime journalist who's covered sports for a long time and, you know, learned a lot about Michael Jordan uh, as he grew up as a journalist. So, Greg, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. And I'm sorry I've yammered so much. Well, truth be known, I was pretty cynical about He's Dan, Stu, and Greg Cody on ESPN Radio. Always love cutting people off the radio. Dan Lebetard, weekdays, 10 to 1, right here, 560 The Joe. And remember, you can download the podcast for his show, 
for this show, for any of the shows, at our website, WQAM.com, wherever you get your podcast for free, or the Radio.com app. Hawk and Crowder, they do strong work in the afternoons. Let's listen to them. I promise I won't cut them off, but I will cut them kind of short. There is some really weird stuff going on with Tua and the Dolphins and prop bets. Weird Tua draft stuff on Hawk and Crowder about five minutes away. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. What up? I am Dan Day. Want to wish one of Miami's own Iggy Pop a happy 73rd birthday today. My only real Iggy Pop story about a year ago up in North Beach where I live. I was at the beach putting on some suntan lotion and a dude without a shirt on that looked just like Iggy Pop walked by and stream of consciousness speaking because I've worked in radio forever. That's what I do. I said, dude, you look a lot like Iggy Pop. Kind of ignored me, kind of growled a little bit. I said, you know, some would say you even are Iggy Pop. Kind of growled a little bit more, walked off, went and laid down in the sand, stomach down with his legs kicking up in the air. Then he kind of stumbled around a little bit, sat back down on his stomach in the sand with his shirt off, and then just walked off and disappeared. Very, very strange. I really respect that. I really, really like that. And the music, oh, I mean, Iggy Pop, come on. I know I got a lust for life when I listen to that song from Iggy Pop. So if you do see Iggy Pop in South Florida today or anytime soon, wish him a happy birthday and say thank you so much for keeping Miami somewhat a little bit strange. We always get strange with Hawk and Crowder. Weekdays, 3 to 6, right here on 560 The Joe. Earlier today, they're feeling the groove. Also, man, this is a weird draft. They dive into that. Herbert equals Tannehill, and then Alejandro Solana has you some headlines. Ooh, I like this. What is this, Solana? This is a little uh, Maurice Pelton and Peggy Jupe. Whatever it is, I like it. I have a feeling you didn't get the name right, but I like it. <laughs> a little Axel Foley running through a mall. It's got a little you know? something to it. I like it. As we rapidly approach the NFL draft on Thursday night, very excited for that. There is some really weird stuff going on with Tua and the Dolphins and prop bets. I, I am I'm more convinced that no one knows anything than I've ever been, but I, I wonder if this is one of the most unbelievable smokescreens that any team has ever pulled off like there there is so much conflicting information about what the dolphins are going to do and whether two is going to go high low i i just i am so confused and that's how chris greer wants it 
probably. I, I really feel that way, man. I think they wanted to it the whole time, and now this this crap that's going out, the smoke screens. Yes, yes, it is genius, and I hope it all comes to a head Thursday night. I saw Barry Jackson tweet like three hours ago, certainly tilting toward Tua from chatter in the past 24 hours. Talked to NFL power broker last night, who said he would be very surprised to see Flores take Herbert because Herbert personality doesn't fit alpha leader demeanor that Flores likes in his QB. We'll see. And we know that, by the way, from Josh Rosen, right? That was his biggest criticism of Josh Rosen, that he wasn't uh, wasn't leader guy. I'm trying to see some of the other... Some of the other tweets that Barry Jackson has had. ESPN's respected Chris Mortensen. I don't trust what you keep hearing out of Miami. It's too much of the same thing. Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert. How often have you heard about a team eyeballing a player and it goes down just like that? My head's about to explode on that one. That's from Chris Mortensen. I don't know. And then Barry Jackson tweets, Monday morning quarterbacks Albert Breer reports Dan Marino is a Herbert fan and adds, I haven't talked to anyone who thinks the Dolphins are taking Tua. That might mean they're taking him. So there's Albert Breer covering both uh, both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> I haven't talked to anyone who thinks the Dolphins are taking Tua. That might mean they're taking him. So I, I'm I am confused. And have you heard the uh, heard the the Saban quote? Where he con- he brought up Breeze. <laughs> yeah. Bro, and it, I know you don't like the man, but it makes a lot of sense, and it kind of goes along the line we've been talking about. Don't miss because you're worried about a guy's shoulder, hip, knee, ankle, toe. Pick the best player to lead your team to a championship. That's what you need to do. Who, uh, I think it may have been Cameron Wolf that we had on. Somebody had like a headline or a tweet that said, uh, you know, can you, what's the bigger risk? Tua and his medical past or passing on Tua and he's good? And I think that's the bigger risk. But there's some weird stuff. So I'm looking. So on Yahoo Sports this morning, the the headline was NFL draft odds. Will Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert be QB2? Massive shift in odds provides a hint. This is what they write. For a long time, it was a given that Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa would be the number one pick of the 2020 NFL draft. Then after Joe Burrow took off and Tagovailoa was dealing with a hip injury, it seemed to be a lock that Tagovailoa would be the second quarterback selected. Betters aren't buying it. There has been a massive change in the odds for the second quarterback taken at BetMGM in New Jersey, and it does not favor Tagovailoa. Herbert is the safer pick. He's got prototypical size, good athleticism, great arm, blah, blah, blah. Tagovailoa was once minus 500 to be the second quarterback taken, meaning you'd have to wager $500 in order to win $100. The second quarterback drafted has been one of the most popular draft props this year, and heavy action on Herbert has changed the odds and pushed him into a tie with Tagovailoa. Both players are listed at minus 120 now. There is an unbelievable amount of information, conflicting information on Tua and the Dolphins and Herbert. I really think that we're going to go into this draft Thursday night and get surprised. And the thing is with with Tua, right? Because all we've heard, okay, what if Tua has arthritis in the hip? The hip, you know, the hip already has damage. It can get damaged again. Someone else, and we're talking about Cameron Wolf. we talked to uh, last week, was talking about, 
okay, what if it's Andrew Luck? What if two was Andrew Luck? You get Andrew Luck performance for seven years. It's not the 15 years we're talking about, Hawk. It's not the 12 years. It's seven, eight years. Tua gives you top Pro Bowl type quarterbacking, and then the arthritis picks up in his hip. I would take that. The other option is he becomes Russell Wilson. He becomes Drew Brees. I would love to take that. You go with Herbert. I think you have Ryan Tannehill again. Right. And like, and that's that's my thing. Tua has the Tua. I think has the ability to get to Wilson or Breeze level. I do not see that in Herbert. I don't see Herbert being Big Ben. And and I'm with you with if they got Tua and he gave you seven seasons of Pro Bowl caliber play. Yeah, I'm in on that. Like, sure, you'd love for a number five overall pick to be a 12-year quarterback for your team. Like, you'd love it. But I would take seven years, even six seasons. Like, I, I don't want to get on the Ryan ha- uh, Ryan Tannehill hamster wheel again. And I, I got it. He went to the AFC Conference Championship. I get it. I get it. But we were on a hamster wheel for seven yeah. seasons. I don't want to do that again. And with with the, uh, with the Tua and the smoke screens and all, I really do believe, Hawk, that Chris Greer, Reggie McKenzie, they give high fives every time they if they yes, see each other. Totally agree. We got him. Got they him. have everyone <laughs> confused. They have everyone confused. And you know, he learned from Belichick. Belichick's not a friend of the media. Belichick was not giving people an idea of what he was planning, what he was doing. I mean, hell, when, when they released Josh Gordon, did you see that coming? No one, like he just Nobody doesn't operate that way. And and so Brian Flores operates that way, and, and we are in the midst of it and I think Thursday night I, I again I still wouldn't be that surprised if they pulled off a big trade Thursday night and think about that they because we go back and I go back to seeing Stephen Ross at an Alabama game and I haven't seen many owners at games to go watch kids you know he's not watching the left guard he's going to watch Tua so they evaluate Tua they checked Tua out. They were trying to bring Tua in for a workout. They 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 uh, saw him at the combine. They got their doctor's hands on him. The quote everybody wants to use: "Get your doctor's hands on him." They got their doctor's hands on him at the combine. They got all the information. So they they agree. They're like, "Okay, fellas, Tua's our guy." Tua, Joe was, Joe's going first to Cincinnati. Everybody knows that Tua's our guy. The whole room raises their hand, and now Brian Flores says, "Now everybody start ignoring him. We're going to concentrate on Herbert now." Because that's what pe- that's what we want to show right, people. Right, right. Understand. Strategy. Every, right. It's everybody. Forget that you even know Tua Tagovailoa's name. This is yeah. this is my command to you as your boss. Like, forget you've heard of him. Someone asks you about him, you've barely seen him play. And and you're right. That's I think that's what's happening. I, I, uh, I'm I'm impressed by it if that's what they're doing. Now, if they pick Herbert, then maybe no. Okay, then maybe they just were letting everyone know what they were planning on doing. You know what? Could you be the had, other you, way. You asked it a couple times throughout the week. Would you be <laughs> mad if they went with Herbert? The closer we get, the closer to yes I'm getting. Right. I, I'm feeling the same way because I really want them to pick Tua. I don't want them to make the Drew Brees mistake. No. And we've been through it, and Nick Saban brought it up. So you know I respect that opinion. It's Saban. It's Saban, huh? Come on. Uh, let's get the headlines. We've- Gentlemen. Gentlemen. <laughs> we are now just two days away from the NFL draft. Dos no? dias. Yeah. I'm with you. Something like that. Lamar Jackson. Do you know Spanish? <laughs> Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Will be I know that cover. I know Spanish better than him, and I know Spanish better than Falero, our previous <laughs> producer, and both no, of them are Hispanic. No ridiculous. shot. No shot. Lamar I Jackson know more Spanish than you. will be on the cover. I'm not, not, not biting that lure, Papa. No chance. <laughs> Lamar Jackson will be on the cover of Madden 21. All right, let me ask you a couple. Th- I'm going to say a couple things in Spanish. You tell me exactly what I'm saying without Let's looking it. it up. Let's do it. All right. Te gusta jugar al baloncesto? Sí. 
No, no, no. I just said to you, tell me what I'm saying without looking it up. Do you like playing basketball? So you don't speak English either. Unbelievable, this guy. We know that. I see. All right. Si. ¿Quieres huevos rancheros or limonada? Sí. No, no! I don't like this game. What, what kind of game is this? Because you don't know how to speak Spanish. Do you like, si. how you say Bingo. huevos rancheros in English? I don't know. Uh, or lemonade. Well, that was the, that was the trick. I mean, we call them huevos rancheros in English. <laughs> Ranch uh, Translate this. Rojo. Rojo. Red. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Give us your headlines. Specialty. The script's national spelling bee has been canceled for the first time since World War II. Ah, that's a man. Couldn't they do that virtually? No, that's too easy to cheat. Too easy to cheat. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you know what? Dry erase board right over the computer. Yeah, you're 100% right, yeah. Barcelona is selling... (laughs) You'd see guys like me participating in it because you could cheat so easily. Just a bald 50-year-old guy. (laughs) X-L-J-Q. Language of origin? (laughs) (laughs) All right. What would you say, Solana? Barcelona is selling the stadium naming rights to the Camp Nou, their stadium. And for a year, it will donate the proceeds to causes fighting the coronavirus pandemic. All right. That's very cool. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he told Sports Illustrated that he had, quote, no relationship with Coach Bill O'Brien during their six years together in Houston. That's kind of crazy to have a receiver that's that good and not forge some type of relationship with him, isn't that? Yes. And like you said, a guy that good and the one of the best, in my mind, the best receiver. Uh-oh. You can, is my signal bad or is, usually does is my the, signal you know, bad or is Crowder's signal bad, nah, that's Crowder. That's Crowder right now, man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's my signal? You just start pedaling that wheel <laughs> faster, Jack. Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. I know what Crowder's doing right now. He is hitting some funky Buddha. He says literally at 6.01 when he gets off the air, he cracks one open. He's also doing some barbecuing apparently tonight. So sounds like a pretty good one to me. Maybe I'll go over to the Crowder household. Nah, I'm kidding, Crowder. If you're listening, I'm not coming over. Not tonight. Maybe some other time. But funky Buddha did send me some of their new hard seltzers and some of their dark beers and a care package. So I am going to go home and drink some of those hard seltzers. I've never had them before. Never, ever had them before. They sent them over. Got them late last night. It was too late. Couldn't get them cold enough. So they've been marinating in that fridge for 24 hours. Ooh, going to go home and get hydrated. Speaking of celebrating, we celebrated some birthdays today. Queen Elizabeth II played some Sex Pistols, God Save the Queen. Also, Iggy Pop. If he's listening, because he does live here in Miami, and I have actually seen him in the 305 before, actually near my house. Maybe I live in a weird part of town. Well, no maybe about it. I do live in a weird part of town, but that's the way I like it. My comfort zone, my wheelhouse, the weird zone. Nonetheless, Iggy Pop played some Lust for Life. Robert Smith of The Cure's birthday just didn't have enough time to really play any of his music. Got some other big birthdays. Tony Danza, who's the boss? Yes, indeed. Tony Romo, one of the greatest sports announcers of all time. You thought I was going to say quarterback. No, 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 no. But in honor of Tony Romo having his big 4-0 today officially over the hill, got some audio on him talking about Bill Belichick being a special coach. When I'm around him, I learn. And that's really a joy when you can really learn something more about football with people around. When you have people that can teach you the game after you've been studying for 15, 20 years, that's a really, that's a joy. I mean, I honestly learn every time I'm around him. That's, that's, he's really, really 
special. When Tony Romo retires from announcing, will he be known as the GOAT? I'm trying to think. That guy has been special. Vin Scully's up there, too, but he doesn't go, oh, no, when things go on in the football field. But I digress. Someone that is kind of been negative lately. No, not lately. Seems to be negative a lot. Draymond Green. But maybe Draymond Green has a point saying, Kevin Durant, whoo, man, he was a handful towards the end of his time at Golden State. Let's see what Draymond has to say. That was kind of the elephant in the room. And although Steve would kind of hit on it of like, let's just enjoy this year for what it is because we don't know what he next year holds. It didn't carry necessarily carry the same weight because what should have happened was Kevin come out and say, hey man, like this is it. Like, so let's, let's do this or this isn't it. You know what I'm saying? But you can't just leave the elephant in the room because what happened was the question came to us every day. Like every time we spoke to the media, Clay and myself was asked about our contract. And it was strictly due to Kevin, you know, because while that was going on, Clay was saying, I want to be a warrior forever. Like, I want to be here. We started this thing. This is where I want to be. I'm saying, yo, I want to be here for my career. We started this. We built this. I want to finish my career here with the guys I started it with. And then you kind of had Kevin, like, I don't know what I'm going to do next year. Like, and it don't matter, but it does matter because you're not the only person that has to answer that question. I kind of like Draymond. I know a lot of people don't. I kind of don't like KD, but I kind of also think KD is one of those guys. Hate him, hate him, hate him, hate him. Wait, he's coming to my team? All right, yeah, 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 let's do this, man. Love that guy. Love him, love him. Yeah, yeah. Leaves your team. Hate him, hate him, hate him, hate him, hate him. Just one of those characters. I'm Dan Day. Hopefully you don't hate me. Hopefully you love me because I love you. Oh, no. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Okay, nonetheless, much love to you. You can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free, the radio.com app, or you can go to our website, wqam.com. Like I said, I am going to go home. I'm going to crack open some of those funky Buddhas. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-hmm-hmm. Ryan and KC at Funky Buddha, those guys, they know how to make some beer. About to go find out if they know how to make some hard seltzer. So far, it looks great. It's going to be cold. It's going to be crisp. Maybe sit down, watch a little bit of Ozark. Oh, man, I love strong women. Strong women, mm, that's my wheelhouse right there. And Ozark's got some. Right now, Darlene, she's my hot mess of the day. She's my number one hot mess. Then there's Ruth. She's right under Darlene. But coming up strong, Wendy. She has been a strong woman hot mess. And I'm going to go drink some Funky Buddha and try to figure it all out. Darlene, Ruth, Wendy. I'm coming for you. Come on back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, for another edition of the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.